Good eye listeners, welcome back to Just Goes to Show. Everybody Schumann. This is Ridge back. We got Chiss over here as well, coming back at you. Two weeks in a row. Look at us. Proud of us. Look at us. Commitment. Follow through. Said we do it. We're doing it. Let's go. Um, so obviously what we're gonna do, we're gonna hit you with uh, some action from this past weekend of Premier League. The glorious Crystal Palace got a magnificent W. W. I felt like I said that weird. It's w against W. They got a W. w. Uh, against Leicester City, um, so we're going to cover that a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about that Manchester uh, Manchester United Liverpool game. Hey, with a couple of takeaways, then get into some triv, yeah, and then we got some transfer rumors, um, and then I'll talk. I'm actually heading to England in midweek, so I'll give you guys an update on that because I know you all care a lot. Yeah, a little bit of a shorter episode, hopefully here, but we're going to make sure we cover everything from last week. A couple of fun things we're going to talk about. So, um, I was traveling over the the weekend here. Didn't really get to catch as much action as my counterpart Ridge did over here. So I'm gonna let him dive into some of his big takeaways from the weekend. Uh, what do you think is uh, where you want to start, Jack? Yeah. So I I mean, in terms of the way the games played out, the major the highlight of the weekend for me, like I touched on earlier, was Crystal Palace's win over Leicester City. Crystal Palace finally won a game without Wilfred Zaha. They hadn't won a game without Wilfred Zaha in the starting lineup since 2016. Um, which is shocking in itself. Uh, Luka Milivojevic scored an absolute screamer uh, to put us up 1-0. Um, anyone who's seen that goal, glorious. Um, and you could tell the passion after he scored. He kind of sprinted to the byline and punched the ground after he scored. It was wet, it was rainy, it was a gritty win, exactly what Palace needed. So for me, that was the highlight, but that's obviously a biased choice. Yeah, uh, funny too, because we were kind of bashing Luca last week, I believe, on the yeah. pod. He's had not had a very good year, and that was a, a big moment for him. For sure. For me, able to keep a clean sheet. Also, you know, no Zaha, but they also didn't have James Tompkins, probably their best central defender, and Wayne Hennessy picked up a knock, so they gave a debut to Vincent, Vincente. Kiata? Vincente Gaita. Gaita. Yeah, there's an E at the end of that, Vincent. Vincente. Um, so, he, yeah, he played really well. Clean sheet in his debut. Um, and then full credit to Martin Kelly, who's a man-of-the-match candidate, who, who stepped in for James Tompkins and looked really, really well. Finally, Crystal Palace looked like they had some depth with some, you know, with some key players out of the lineup. Got a win. I'm, I've been feeling terribly about Palace, but that doesn't stop me. That I'm going to go see them this weekend. So Yeah, big three points. Let's bounce around a little bit so we can kind of remove that stigma of bias. Here. There you go. Whatever. Um... Let's first off talk about Southampton and Arsenal. Yeah, so pivoting to like one of the later games of the weekend, Southampton had it's it's kind of why you love the Premier League, right? It's like kind of why you watch the Premier yeah, League. Yeah, to, to watch Southampton win. Well, no, but Southampton are bottom of the table, right? Uh, really struggling. Just brought in a new manager. There's room. I think he bought. I don't know if you heard the rumor. He bought um, everyone in the stadium or all the season ticket holders like a beer and a pie. Or like came with your admission or something like that. Um, either way, he's given out some free shit to the fans uh, to try and get them to like Love him right on. Um, and Ralph Hasenhotel, is, is how you say his name? I think so, yeah. Um, Sounds about, close enough. Yeah, Ralphie. Um, anyway, he got a huge win. He was all fired up. They they went up uh, 1-0 against Arsenal, then then to 1-1, then up 2-1, then to 2-2, and then won that game 3-2 with a, a late winner. Um, the classic goal scorers, too, Danny Ings and Charlie Austin. Yeah, um, two like forgotten you know, once upon a time had you know Danny Ings was at Liverpool. Charlie Austin was linked. They with. were both. They were both guys that were uh, on the up and up for their international careers <laughs> yep, potentially, absolutely. and then absolutely. it really panned out. Yeah, and so it, I mean, it goes to show you, you know, it just goes to show that Southampton have 
some talent in their team, really. It's not like they're without players. I rate Hoiberg. I rate Nathan Redmond. Um, Cedric Suarez at the back is is a good player as well. Alex McCarthy isn't the best keeper in the world, but he, I mean he can get by in the Premier League. So they have they have enough players where they can you know I see them outperforming the sides like Fulham. They definitely look better than Fulham, who this weekend lost to West Ham. West Ham pivoting quickly away here from that Southampton Arsenal game. West Ham have won four on the trot. Felipe Anderson looks like potential signing of the season. Uh, yeah, he's Felipe Anderson. A little bit of a slow start to the year, and he has been great the past probably month and a half here. Uh, maybe been their best player. He's played every match, very influential. Robert Snodgrass also. Yeah, it's been a revelation. Uh, yeah. Has been huge for them. He started to get more minutes. On the flip side, uh, Fulham have conceded two or more goals in 13 of their last 16 matches. Yeah, they bleed goals. So if you're starting, if you had got anyone in fantasy prem. Uh, fantasy Premier League on the Premier League app, and you're they're playing against Fulham, and they're an attacker or a midfielder. You play them, and you probably captain them. And if you have anyone on your anyone from Fulham, and it's not Mitrovic, you're probably in trouble there too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Fulham really in trouble with Claudio Ranieri there. I, ho- I hope they can turn it around a little bit because I um, I think they're a good addition to the Premier League having yeah. their London club in there. It's a little bit smaller, mm-hmm. but they got to turn it around quick. They've been a little bit of a mess. Um, the, do we want to talk about the big game of the week, or do you have any other things? For uh, yeah, I mean, other pictures? games of the week, just to bounce around real quick. Watford uh, won 3-2 against Carter City, which turned out to be a pretty exciting game that uh, you know a lot of people wouldn't tune into because we talk a lot of smack about Cardiff on the pod, but it turned out to be a really good game. Uh, Chelsea easily tucked away. Brighton went up 2-0 and ended up winning that one 2-1. And uh, Spurs found a way to quietly, again, keep etching wins 1-0, 2-0, 1-0, 2-0. They just win every week and they beat Burnley again. So mm-hmm. um, not two crazy headlines. A lot of the teams you expected to win this weekend did. Um, Wolves also beat Bournemouth as well. So Wolves continue rolling and, and, and City and City and City won as well, which brings us to our Sunday game. Well, one thing, before we dive into that, one thing real quick about the City game that I thought, um, at least on my end, was the interesting part of this is uh, City was rotation. and They didn't start uh, Aguero. They didn't start Sterling. Well, Aguero's still injured. Right, exactly. But I'm just saying that they put up three goals against a good Everton side with Jesus, Mares, and Sané up top to start the match. Yeah, and, Sterling came off the bench and scored uh, as well. And De Bruyne came off the bench as well, which is good news for them. But I'm just saying, I mean... They don't have their two best players so far this season in Aguero and Sterling, and they yeah. went handily 3-1 against a good Everton side. So I think it was worth mentioning them. But. No, I think. I also think, like, right now, if you're thinking about the title race, which everybody is talking about, Liverpool and City, the kind of point totals they have this early in the season, I think they're two of the highest point totals after 17 games that the teams have ever had. Would have the, only, the, only, the only one who had more, I think, was Manchester City last season. Um, and so it's really difficult. Like, every, and you're talking about this title race, it's almost like who doesn't win every game. It kind of feels like they're going to go all 38 games, which and makes keep winning. the head-to-head matchup so much more right, important. In a, in a few Not weeks. just interesting and entertaining, but also really important for the, the results. And we're talking about you know top six matchups, not just the head-to-head between City and Liverpool, but then we're we're about to talk about Liverpool United here, mm-hmm. and these are matches that United have just not been able to win. But I mean, yeah, I mean, going into United and Liverpool, I, I, honestly, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this you know this match because I felt that United were United are miserable. United are in total disarray. They don't play Paul Pogba in one of their biggest games early on in the season. Um, who is a massive transfer, arguably their best player, um, most expensive transfer in Premier League history. Guy doesn't play, and he started the year as club captain. Um, and so you just kind of feel that, and Jose Mourinho is consistently talking about how United's in the top six. So Alex Ferguson was seen, former United manager, was seen in the stands. It's like, you know, like a, he, like a, like a, a lord who just like 
was very disappointed in his subjects. Like he was watching United lose their game and shaking his head. And so, I don't know, you just feel like the clock's ticking for Mourinho and you feel that uh, United have to do something different. I love watching them struggle. It gives me a lot of pleasure in a real weird way. Um, There's normally a lot of goals as well. Yeah. They're very leaky defensively. Here's a couple of numbers just real quick. This might not be the most interesting number, but I think it makes a point. Um, Just from this match, match facts. Liverpool shots 36 to 6 for United, 11 on target to 2. Liverpool 65-35 possession and 13 corners to two. So it's not like they won 3-1. They absolutely annihilated them. Yeah. And it reminds me of one of my middle school hockey games when you played one of the teams who had a bunch of guys who like got through puberty before you did and like you knew they were going to beat up on you physically and like they were going to score a lot of goals and you just kind of had to like, you know, batten down the hatches and hope that they, you know, I don't know, hope that they didn't and, score a bunch of goals. And somehow your, your tendy kind of stands yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. You guys exactly. lose 3-1, and then you can tell your friends, like, yeah, it wasn't that bad, 3-1. But in reality, I mean, that could have been like a 10 mil. Exactly. There. Yeah. The the one other thing I wanted to mention on Liverpool, because uh, I think we've talked about it a little bit, but is Shakiri the signing of the season right now? No. He I think scored he's... twice in this in the 73rd and the 80th to put it away. He hasn't necessarily played consistently enough. But yeah, I don't he think the signing been... of the season can come off the bench. And, and So you think that Felipe Anderson has been better than yes. Shakiri? I don't think he's better player. Actually, yeah, I, I think do think he's a better player who, than Shakiri. Yes, I do. But Anderson was expensive. I mean, they're probably similar in cost. Shikiri, no, Shakiri cost them $18 million. Okay, then very Anderson cheap. was way more. Yeah, uh, very cheap. They, they got lucky because Stoke got relegated. But right. I mean, it's, it, it, it is very... Um, Every now and then you see teams raid one of the teams that got relegated and pluck a good player. And He's yes, the it, guy of that pack this year. Yeah, I'll give Liverpool some credit. It was good business. Um, and he's obviously looked good. But I, you know, I'm nowhere near naming him in the signing of the season. He's coming off the bench and changing the game. But I think that's more of a credit to Klopp than it is Shakiri. Both the goals that he scored were deflected goals. So I'm not over the moon with him yet. But yes, I will say it, it looks a good signing. I'm not going to say it's a bad signing by any means. Yeah, oh, I mean, it is a good sign. It doesn't just look at it at this point. Because, again, he came off the bench, too, and gets a brace to win against United. Right. I mean, that's you can't really ask for much more than that. And it's not like this is his first uh, impact of the season. He's been pretty good yeah. several times. He's got five goals already in the Premier League campaign. So, yeah. Um, anyway, I figured I'd mention him. He isn't one of those guys that gets mentioned with, like, Salah or Mane. Um, and he's been extremely good for them. I mean, anything else? Like we, I know we kind of mentioned last week about how Mourinho seat's pretty warm right now. Yeah, I mean, this, I, this, this, this is a pretty bad result. For the, him seat, to... the seat gets hotter, um, and with that, I, I, and I, I hope. Well, I don't want to give too much away, but I think our trivia will actually play into the heat of that seat. So Ooh. we're going to move quickly into. We got some pretty good feedback from our trivia round last week. Um, obviously, I had a pretty tough performance blaming the lack of quality on who scored ratings. So, well, um, five out of ten. I mean, it wasn't like these were all that difficult. Should have done better. This week, we're going to cut to um, our cold hard facts segment. Um, first of all, a word from our sponsors uh, over at Miller Lite. Today's episode of Just Goes to Show is brought to you by the Miller Lite Vortex Bottle. <clears throat> yes, you're all familiar with Miller Lite, but now. The scientists at NASA have designed a state-of-the-art model that has grooves in the neck designed to create a swirling vortex of superior taste. An unprecedented way to enjoy your favorite light beer. Miller Lite. Great taste, less filling. Back to you, fellas. Thanks to our friends over at Miller Lite there. Jack actually misspoke. 
This is the Light Hard Facts segment brought to, you hard by, facts? Yeah, you hard facts? brought to you by Miller Light and the, the new Vortex bottle. Check All it out. slogans, man. I don't even know what to say. Check out that bottle, though, Vortex. So what we're going to be doing here is we're going to alternate this uh, Light Hard Facts trivia each week. So last week I gave Jack the trivia challenge here. We're going to do another one that's timed here. But I don't know what it is about at all right, yet. Yeah. So, so hopefully I don't do worse than Jack. Um, all right. So we're going to start here, Chris. What I'm going to – we're going to go with as of – um, as of August 25th, 2018, um, I need the five highest paid football players in the Premier League starting the weekly salary starting now. Yes. Okay. Paul Pogba. He's in the top five. Yes. Okay. Um, Sergio Aguero. No. Kevin De Bruyne. Yes. Raheem Sterling. No. Hmm. 15 seconds. Mo Salah. Nope. Uh, Harry Kane? Nope. Um, He's going with the big names. Lukaku? Yes. De Gea? No. Uh, Arsenal? Um, you got three of the top five. You got three of the top five. Uh, Alexis Sanchez. Gone. Yep, that's four Ooh, of the top five. And, One remains. Um, uh, Hugo Lloris? No. No. Um, uh, Ian Hazard? You have 15 seconds. No. Oh, it should have been him. No. Uh, Our sponsors in the back thought that was the right answer. Firmino? No. No. Um, panicking, ten I'm panicking. Seconds. I'm panicking. Um, Six seconds. Three. Juan Mata. Two. No. One. <laughs> zero. Oh, Ooh. I got four out of five. Good run. Good run. You got uh, you got four out of five. Um, so the forgotten player paid about three hundred six thousand pounds. Wait, give me one more hint. Er, on a weekly basis. I should have gotten all of them. Ugh. Is he from City? Nope. I'll give you the team. He's from Arsenal. I was thinking about Arsenal players. 306,000 pounds. Yeah, he's Lacazette? Nope. Um, it's Aubameyang? No, it's Meizu Ozil. Oh. I guess that makes sense. I uh, Own the middle Meizu. Own the middle didn't, It didn't cross my mind to guess. Otherwise, I probably would have thrown that out there. But I'll take four out of five. What were the ones I got? Yeah, so... You, you go off in order? Top yeah, five to three? break down the top five highest players in the Premier League by salary, Alexis Sanchez... Makes three hundred and fifteen thousand. I remembered reading about that. It took me a little. He's the top paid player in the league, Mm -hmm. and he does not start at United, which is insane. So maybe that hint to give you a little bit of uh, a little bit to go off of. So Alexis Sanchez, three hundred and fifteen thousand. Mezu Ozil makes about three hundred and six thousand pounds a week. Uh, Paul Pogba paid about two hundred ninety thousand pounds weekly. Kevin De Bruyne paid two hundred eighty thousand pounds weekly, and Romelu Lukaku paid two hundred fifty thousand pounds weekly. Big I'm pretty happy with uh, four out of five there. I, yeah, I think I, it was guessable for all five, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, we'll call it one zero here in the the whole light hard facts segment because I definitely did better performance than you. I'd say. Yeah, I say after after week one, I'll give you that light hard facts, but I'd also say that mine, my, I mean, you only had five to guess for me, and uh, and I gave you a hint beforehand. So in terms of the quality of the content here, what hint? I give you the hint from United, right? It factors into oh, I mean, hot, hotness. Kind of, but I would have assumed. I'm not worried about that. I, Pogba and Lukaku are easy guesses. So. All right, fine. All right, cool. So we got a couple more things we're going to dive into. So we want to talk a little bit about some potential transfer rumors here. Now, the thing is, keep in mind when it comes to transfer rumors, they are rumors, and it's just a lot of clickbait for the most part. Like People yeah, for love sure. to talk about these transfer rumors that are never going to happen, but they are kind of fun to talk about still. So we want to talk about a few things here because we are getting close to the January window. Mm-hmm. 
kind of funny. I mean, we're we're just talking about United in a couple of ways, but they're a team that you would think needs to make some moves here. We'll see if like Mourinho gets a budget, but right. um, a couple of uh, names, I guess, you want to float out. Do you have anyone you want to start with here? No, I mean, I think. I've heard you've heard rumors about Tammy Habran coming to Palace. Obviously, a lot of the rumors I've been following closely are Crystal Palace related. You hope Crystal Palace goes and fi- finds a forward um, in the January transfer window, um, and they can use uh, they can use some more depth in central midfield as well. But and out wide, to be honest, I just think Palace could use more roster players. Uh, but I haven't really followed. I mean, too much aside from essentially a lot of what I've read has been clickbait focused. Um, you have. Uh, Matthias Devigt, who just won the Golden Boy Award in Ajax, they had to shut down some rumors for him moving to the Premier League. Um, and then there's obviously the typical rumors every year, like you know Neymar going to United, mm-hmm. um, you know, Ronaldo talking about how Messi should come to Italy, like right. a bunch of stuff that's never going to happen except when it does, like Neymar moving or Ronaldo moving. The last yeah, couple of years. But that's true. There's just all going to be a lot of that always. Um, a couple of interesting things. So one, yes, if you guys aren't familiar with Tammy Abraham, he. The Chelsea player, technically, who's on loan at Aston Villa right now in the championship, doing Tearing really championship, well. Yeah. Uh, really should be playing for a Premier League team. He's very, very good. Um, that one's semi-interesting because of the clubs that we support, but a couple of bigger ones here that I wanted to talk about. Uh, one that I thought was interesting here is uh, Maurizio Sarri apparently wants a reunion with Napoli star Therese Mertens. He already brought in Jorginho over the summer. Uh, Mauricio Sarri was a manager at Napoli last year. Dries Mertens is a very fun player to watch. Yeah, yeah, I think Mertens comes from that kind of Napoli contingent um, of the smaller. So, so I'm not a huge Italian football fan. I think the quality of Italian football is quite low, but and it's usually very defensive. But Mauricio Sarri had a team with Insigne, Dries Mertens, Alan in the middle, um, a lot of quick, fast players. And Mertens was definitely the leader of that of that cohort. Uh, he already brought Jorginho on from Napoli, so he definitely likes his guys. Jorginho starts every game, so I, it's definitely not unreasonable because also there's a big gap. I mean, Mertens probably isn't in that top. I would say he's just outside of the top 30 players in the world, but he's in that top 50 to 100. Yeah, he's a guy you mentioned probably, but he's not, he's like definitely not a top 15 or 20. Right. Um, the couple of things that are interesting about him is he's 31, so he's a little bit older, but he played for Sarri, obviously, in Napoli, and then he also is a uh, Belgian international with Eden Hazard. Yeah, true. So there's another like, small Chemistry there. forward that, um, yeah, similar kind of play style, but I think that that would be really interesting. That one's one, that was one I liked, because I'd love to see another guy like Americans come to the Premier League. Uh, well, one thing that's interesting, and it will be interesting to American listeners as well, is all of the speculation surrounding uh, Christian Pulisic. Yeah, it's true, actually. So, apparently, Borussia Dortmund said they are open to a deal for Pulisic, but the one thing I read is that they do not want to sell him in January, be more for the summer. I've also read stuff about how uh, Chelsea are like very hot on his trail right now, set to sign him. He's been linked with Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp a lot over the past couple of years. Mm. But it's starting to seem like it might be his time to actually move uh, from Germany and yeah. England. And he is really, really good for Dortmund. I mean, he's American, but he's young, and, I mean, he could move to a top-six side in England and play pretty consistently. I yeah, think. I think, you know, if he's if he's if he moves to England, I th- you, you know, you expect some kind of growing pains, but I think if he moves to England, you expect to see him kind of like a Shakiri, like just outside that fringe, comes on as a super sub. And there are a couple teams who could use that kind of player. Chelsea's definitely one of them. 
Um, City have a really strong rotation, so they're kind of out of the question. United have a really strong rotation. A lot of those, a lot of the top four teams, I would at Spurs as a player who's kind of crying, a team who's kind of crying out for an extra attacker like Pulisic to mix them in the rotation with Ali, Erickson, and Son, and kind of that the rotation that trio they have right now. I don't know. I think with Christian Pulisic, it's going to be huge when he moves to the Premier League. I think it's a bit inevitable, especially for the American market. There's American investment in England. There's American owners. Um, you know, there's Kroenke. There's uh, you know Edward Word. They're, they're owners and people who have business in America who are going to benefit from bringing a strong American player into the league. And so I expect Pulisic to move inevitably. It's funny. I think him moving from Germany to England would be really big for soccer in America. Mm-hmm. It's silly to say that, but it's the truth. Uh, so that would be a really big one, and hopefully that does happen for the sake of everybody. I mean, nothing against Germany. But I think Pulisic will just get a lot, a lot more, more visibility, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be good, and I think he's ready to do it as well. The only other um, big one I want to talk about, because obviously when we're doing uh, podcasts here in January, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about transfer stuff going course, on as yeah. it happens. But uh, one other person I wanted to just do a little bit of speculation on, I feel like this is becoming a United podcast, but do we think Pogba is gone in January? Uh, n- no, I think he stays. I think they spent too much money on him, and like we just saw he's one of the top five paid, paid, payers, paid players in the league. Excuse me. Um, and so I think he stays, and I think that I think the future of United lies with Pogba, not with Mourinho. And that's all I'm going to say on United before my mouth starts to feel itchy. Right, and I was going to say more, but let's just move on. So I wanted to bring up one funny story I found. I'm trying to come up with some segment for this, like um, just like Twitter facts or like is this, the Twitter sphere. is this tweet real, things like that. Um, I think we called it our Twitter research corner the one time. Yeah. Working title, but I found this, this is a, a pretty funny one. So... Uh, you remember Danny Almonte? Danny Almonte? No. Okay, so I'm a big Little League baseball fan. Play, grew up playing it, was an umpire for eight years. Love watching the Little League World Series. If you recall, Danny Almonte, I want to say this was probably like 15 years ago, absolute superstar in the Little League World Series. And he was blowing people away. His team ended up winning it. I think he was from New York. Turns out, like, months after the fact, they find out that this dude is, like, five years older than everybody else. Oh, no, that's like the I am 12 from Benchwarmers, right? Exactly, like the I am 12 thing from Benchwarmers. Uh, There's probably, like, a 30 for 30 about Daniel Monte out there. What have I told you? I know that it's happened more than just him, but he was kind of, like, the poster child for, like, you know, being six years older older than your competition. Um, So I found this this interesting story here, very relevant to Daniel Monte. So back in October... Uh, there was an Indian football player playing in the Indian Super League that scored as the youngest goal scorer in the history of the Indian Super League, 16 years old, uh, in a 2-2 draw. He plays for Jamshedspur FC, and his name is Gaurav Muki. 16-year-old. Have you seen a picture of this guy? He's quality, yeah. I've heard, I've heard it all about him on the interwebs. Yeah, bad radio. No, ne- uh, but he... he Oh my god, so he's full got, stash. He's got the dyed blonde hair look of one of the fullest mustaches you've ever seen in your life. Thick. Does he look like he's 16? Not exactly. So Not what comes to. out this week is apparently he isn't 16. It turns out that uh, just as Daniel Monte was, Gurav was lying about his age, and it has emerged that he's actually 28 years old, and in fact not the youngest goal scorer in the history of the Super League. So he's 12 years older than expected. Uh, he actually was a teammate of Tim Cahill. Tim Cahill plays for that team as well in the Indian Super League. Unreal. 
Yeah. Um, so for my return star, if you have a moment, maybe we can put like a link on Twitter or in our bio here to a picture of this guy. Yeah, I'm, it's gonna be a new. Picture. <laughs> he does not look 16. Yeah. I mean, if you took one look at him, you'd be like, yeah, of course. But I thought this was funny. I'm gonna try to come up with some more of these each week. Just some funny things we find on Twitter. For any of you guys listening, if you follow 44 Tweet or Unilad this or that, you find anything good, send it our way, and we'll uh, we'll talk about some of this stuff. But yeah, I think I, I mean I love the idea of. Like that that guy, like he's basically his his career's dwindling away. He's entering his late twenties, the twilight zone, and he thinks, you know, one night sleeping, laying there on his pillow, he thinks, you know what? If I was twelve years younger and this good, I'd be sick. Like yeah. I, I would start. Well, and so he just did that and started. Right. And scored. But also, like, like imagine if you're good enough. If you're good enough, we just said we were twelve years old. This pod would be a hit. Yeah, we'd be like that kid president guy. Yeah, let's go right on Twitter. But. Um, the other thing to think about this is, I mean, he did, he did score in the Indian Super League, yeah, so fair. it's like, all right, do you really need to be 16? Like, if you're good enough to play and score, I don't know if it matters, but um, I think there's no way that he could have thought this was going to, like, be a long con. Maybe he just wanted to get in the headlines. There's no way he could have pulled yeah, this off no way for he his whole career. By the time he's, like, 24 and he's actually uh, 36 years old or whatever, he's going to run into some trouble, so... Yeah. All right. Well, um, so to kind of transition out here, a couple things. Uh, obviously, look out for the Champions League fixtures. They just got announced yesterday. We're not going to dive too much into them because this is a Prem pod and we are loyal to the Premier League. However, there are four English teams in the Premier League. So they're all in the round of 16. They all got relatively decent draws except for United plays PSG. But again, they keep coming up. They keep coming up. They're like a, you know, like a mold or something disgusting. Um, I, they all, I wouldn't say they all got... Relatively good draws. Not relatively good draws. I guess Dortmund play. Um, Dortmund play Spurs. Spurs. Dortmund's pretty good. They're, they're, that's a tough draw. I mean, there's a really. I mean, yeah. you could get tougher if you're Spurs. I don't think you hate that draw. Right. But I think that I mean Liverpool drew Bayern. That's not. That's really true. I mean, I guess when you're the only 16, team, there's no way you get an easy draw. But the, well, I would say City got a pretty easy draw. Schalke's not terrible, but that's definitely the easiest of the, the four there. Right. So we'll we'll watch those. I think that's not going to be on until February. Yeah, I think the only effect so. that has obviously is is just looking at the squad rotation of some of these teams. And so, with four English teams making a deep run into the the Champions League, you'll expect that that rotation will affect and implicate. You know, that has implications on the bottom half of some of the Premier League teams because if they play some of these top teams while they have big Champions right. League games coming up, that really works in their favor. It, it won't impact too much. So I just looked at it is uh, February twelfth of those first round of sixteen matches. So they won't play for a little while here, but. Speaking of you know rest and congestion, we got Boxing Day, New Year's coming up here, mm-hmm. so there will be a lot of domestic action here in England. So Jack, wanted to round this out. We're finishing up here. Tell us a little bit about your uh, upcoming week here. You'll be traveling overseas. Yeah, so two days from now, I'm jumping on a plane heading over to Birmingham. So usually I fly to London when I go over because Palace are obviously in South London, South London and Proud. But um, I'm, I'm meeting up with one of my mates, shout out Andrew, uh, Andrew Lockman from New York, and we're going to go to Palace away at Manchester City on a Saturday with the Palace away fans, which is always a good day out. And then on Sunday, um, training to Birmingham and then watching, Birmingham, or watching Villa play, Aston Villa play Leeds in the championship. So Aston Villa, is, those are the two teams that I've seen tickets to, been, been a fan since conception of Aston Villa and a season ticket holder since birth um, through my father. Um, and then obviously Crystal Palace has been the 
club that we've grown to love by flying into England so much. And then as of late, Crystal Palace is the team in the Premier League. So seeing them on Saturday and seeing them, uh, seeing Palace on Saturday away and then uh, Villa at home on, on Sunday, it's top of the table, leads in the championship, which will be interesting. Right. So, I mean, Palace against City, that'll probably be easy viewing on Saturday. I encourage people to check out Villa leads on Sunday. Probably be on ESPN Plus. Leeds are top of the table in the championship. Yeah, Villa are in eighth and climbing. And if you don't watch a lot of championship football, it's incredibly entertaining. A lot of goals, wide open play. Um, yeah, for yeah sure. a lot less like possession, play on the back foot type football. So it's really exciting. Leeds and Villa will be really really fun to watch. And it's an important game to see where that table is going to shake up too, because Leeds are one point clear of Norwich. It's really tight there. Yeah, and obviously going away to Palace on Saturday, I expect them to get absolutely battered. So it's the perfect game to go to because you're not expecting to get anything out of it. And you know, perhaps something might come of it. Palace has snatched a point from City um, over the past, you know, in their in their incredible season last year, and should have won at Selhurst. Going away to Etihad is a whole other thing, but I've never been there. Um, my uncle's season ticket holder, so I'm excited to go. We'll also get um, – I'm going to do my best to actually get some in-the-ground commentary, get some uh, – me and Andrew are going to try and whip out our iPhone and get some in-ground action. Hopefully bring that back to you guys on the pod so you can get kind of a, a feel and live recording from what it's like inside the ground. Right. I was going to go into this a little bit, so a content to expect here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Jack's going to try to do a little bit in England there. I'm going to try to encourage him to do possibly either some Twitter updates of like – just being at the ground or in pubs or this or that, observations, potentially Instagram. So follow him. Yeah, yeah, check him out. Yelp. For sure. Um, but yeah, ch- follow him on Twitter and Instagram. We'll probably have some content there. Our boy Andrew will be with him. They're going to try to get a little bit of content that we'll be able to uh, air to you guys sometime next week. We are going to do something fun, hopefully, as well for Boxing Day. we got a couple ideas here. You might hear some new voices come on. And um, outside of that, we're going to be, I mean, doing stuff weekly, but with the holidays, it's going to be a little bit interesting. So we'll do something for Boxing Day, probably something for New Year's, and definitely expect to, to hear some stuff from us, though. Yeah, we'll try and keep things on down the toes. People like the trivia, so apparently, you know. If you guys have any, like, really good trivia stuff, send it my way. Uh, we'll probably quiz Jack yeah, next time. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to spend a lot of time on Sporkle. Great site. <laughs> Sporkle. Shout out Sporkle. Maybe they'll be our new sponsor new here sponsor. along with Miller. Anything else that you want to talk about? No, that's it. Thanks to our sponsors, and uh, just remember, just goes to show. Hey, everybody. See you, man. See you next time.